Hey everyone, this is ETS on the Grid. We're here at Distribute Tech 2020 in San Antonio, Texas. It's a lovely sunny day out, which is a great change of pace for me. I'm here on site with my coworkers, co-host Aaron Hardick. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Dylan. Um, I can't believe D-Tech is already back and I think we're halfway through the show now. We've done a lot of media on site this year, so I've spent less time on the exhibit floor than I have in previous years, but I've learned a lot so far and I'm excited to talk about some of the stuff that we've seen. Yeah, and uh, those videos are going to be on our zprime.com website uh, pretty soon, so make sure to check those out when they come out to see interviews that uh, Aaron Hardick did and also my uh, other guest here today, Aaron Otan. Aaron, you also did some of those interviews. How's your conference going so far? Uh, hey, Dylan. It's going well. I always like coming to Distribute Tech because it feels like the year's really kicked off and get to see a lot of interesting technologies and sort of see some trends that will shape the year for energy. Yeah, there always is kind of a back-to-school vibe at this conference. Uh, like you're seeing all these people that you haven't seen in a while because there aren't a ton of end-of-year conferences and uh, you know you're kind of it's the start of the year and you get a feeling for what people are gonna be talking about over the course of the year yeah I like that back to school vibe, and especially because walking around the exhibit floor you just bump into it feels like almost everyone you know we're just walking around you have conversations with people you haven't seen in a while because so many people come to this event so it's always nice to use it as a way to kind of get back into the groove yeah to those of you who've never been to a distribute tech it is kind of hard to impart how huge this place is I mean I mean first of all anyone who's anyone in selling the utilities is here and they just get always get these enormous convention centers and then they're just packed to the gills with booths and attendees and uh, technologies yes and the and the occasional like random margarita booth and oh also make sure everyone make sure to get a t-shirt <laughs> I still need to pick up my distribute Texas t-shirt <laughs> yeah they, they always they always have uh, fun designs. So I know you've both been doing some media uh, outside of the convention hall, but when you were, were out on the floor, what was, what was some of the general vibes you were picking up? I think one of the biggest focuses this year is you know decarbonization and different technology companies play different roles in helping utilities do that, but there's definitely a big focus on decarbonization or green energy this year, what I've found. And then the other thing that we're seeing a lot of is reliability in general, a lot of technologies that are focused on making sure that electricity is delivered and available to customers. Those are kind of the two main themes I've seen so far. Uh, something that I've seen a lot of is platforms for data analysis and grid management. And I think that's always a big focus here at DTEC, but um, this year it seems like a little more focused. We got a really good uh, demo earlier that I think we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, getting into this a bit more of the a bit more of the specifics. Uh, Aaron H, you and I uh, tasked each other with picking picking some top fives off the floor. Uh, I'll let you take it away first. What'd you see that you loved? So to talk about what Aaron Otan just mentioned, we stopped by the Oracle booth and we saw this demo. They have. Um, this big display out that's focused on the distribution grid and the smart home. And the gentleman who was walking us through 
the, the demo referred to it as the art of the possible. So what it focused on in the smart home was disaggregating load across appliances so that energy consumers have a better understanding of how those appliances are consuming electricity and also um, tying in the EV aspect. So how charging their electric vehicle at home is affecting their load. And then the other thing that was important in the Oracle uh, in the Oracle display was by giving consumers more information, it allows them to be more proactive in enrolling in utility programs, customer engagement programs, which was highlighted um, by this uh, Google Google device. I mean, do, you, do you remember what? Uh, I think it was like a Google Home. So they had a so they had a Google Home where essentially the Google Home was kind of feeding them information on their electricity usage and even went as far to prompt them to join certain programs saying, you know, if you joined this program, then you can save X amount of electricity and X amount of dollars. And so I thought that was really interesting. So that's one of my top five. Yeah, I just I thought it was interesting to see the evolution of the smart home um, it's definitely a more seamless experience and uh, the gentleman giving the demo you know just talked about how taking an extra step off the customer's plate um, will just make things a lot more seamless for them they could enroll in programs just by talking to the Google home they didn't have to actually go to a website sign up themselves and the reason it was called the art of the possible is because it's not fully this isn't something that's deployed yet a solution that's deployed but oracle wanted to take the position of this is what could this is what the smart home could be this is how interact uh, customers could interact with the grid so my second on my top five is the internet of energy and i apologize because i got this from one of the booths but i can't remember whose booth it was but essentially it's around cloud and grid edge computing, how utilities can better orchestrate load resources, um, and how they're going to essentially manage that data via the cloud and via grid edge. My third one is orchestrating the distribution grid, which kind of ties into the one I was just talking about with cloud computing and the grid edge. But with the proliferation of distributed energy resources and electric vehicles, batteries, and then you have demand response programs, energy efficiency programs, utilities need to figure out how they're going to take all of these disparate data sets and use them together to better orchestrate the distribution grid. How can you make sure that you're optimizing all of those resources and then using those demand response programs and energy efficiency programs to make sure that the grid is acting as efficiently as possible. And Bala actually has a dude downstairs at their booth dressed in a full composer's tuxedo, like waving one of those batons, batons around, acting as if um, the distribution grid is like an orchestra and you're trying to make all of those resources act um, in concert together. Literally. Yeah, and, to drive, and to drive that point home, they had like a violin hero game set up and they were going to give a prize to who read the high score at the end at the end of the conference and I, I had it for a while and then someone named Nick kicked me off this morning so Nick if you're listening I hate you <laughs> um, so my fourth and my top five is no more outages a lot of booths and a lot of technologies here are focused on voltage control and monitoring 
Um, and the reason is because of the more renewables and DERs on the grid means two-way power flow and those significantly uh, affect voltage. And utilities are so focused right now on making sure the power doesn't go out and monitoring voltage is one of the ways that they can do that. So how do you make sure that two-way power flow isn't going to potentially shut down the grid? So there's a lot of technologies and devices down there that are focused on monitoring that and adjusting it in real time to really make sure that utilities can eliminate the possibility of outages based off those new load resources that have been, you know, just popping up on the grid, whether that's community solar batteries or, or really whatever it is, how can utilities really, really reduce um, the chances of outages on the grid? And then my last one is workforce management and optimization. So because the grid is becoming more decentralized, utilities need to figure out ways to um, optimize field worker and mobile workforce deployment, especially during outages and weather incidents to make sure that if the power does go out, it comes back on as quickly as possible. So we're seeing a lot of drones as opposed to just sending out a bunch of crews and telling them, you know, try to figure out where the outage is in this general area. You can deploy a drone, then you can pinpoint exactly where that outage is, and then you can deploy um, your field crew to that specific location, and so it reduces outage time and also enables the workforce with more information. And so we're also seeing a lot of booths that have ruggedized devices. So giving those field workers more information on the equipment they're interacting with and really decentralizing decision-making. Uh, so those are my top five. Uh, well, I, I think our, our top fives specifically are, are different, but have a bit of crossover. Uh, I'll, I'll start like you did with my what my favorite demo was, which was at uh, S&C's booth. I always look out for what they're doing uh, every year because they always bring a cool gadget and I, that, that appeals to the to the James Bond fan in me. Uh, this this year they had uh, they had a green screen that they would, did their demo through, so they would put you put you in a group of people in front of the green screen, and then in front of you you would see yourselves projected underneath this uh, this power line, and they they use that to help talk about uh, resiliency and uh, and safety and all sorts of things. Uh, and I think what I like about that is, you know, I mean, obviously SNC has a lot of big headline-grabbing things that they do, especially in regards to microgrids, but I just think this is a really interesting example of how you can use uh, different media platforms to be able to educate people in very sim in very simple ways that are, that are engaging. We talked about this last week with... Uh, Chris and Becca and Jorge when we were talking about how we can use VR to do that sort of do that sort of thing. I really like uh, that kind of simple, simple but effective envelope pushing. Talk about SNC. SNC has traditionally been, you know, a microgrid company. And Aaron Otan actually interviewed, or we interviewed together, Erin uh, Grossi from Accenture yesterday, and she talked about microgrids and the importance of communicating the value of microgrids to customers and making them more economical and proving the use cases so that they'll be more widely adopted you know in more urban suburban areas and not solely in remote areas or solely used for like backup to a hospital or a university but 
um, yeah, just making them more economically viable for customers. Right. Yeah, I remember. I remember last year they had this. Uh, they had this thing. They had this like digital model of a microgrid where you could move things around an island off different parts of it. And I, I really, I really like the way that they that they are trying to explain to everybody like what a microgrid is and how and what the benefits of it are outside of the obvious ones you've mentioned. Yeah, and I think that having the big that big screen there that kind of shows how all of these pieces of equipment work together ties into what Aaron was talking about and how you communicate the value of it and how they're economically viable. So kind of moving away from just here are the technologies and here are the pieces of equipment that go into a microgrid and now you're seeing SNC move into like Here's what the whole picture looks like. Uh, the next on my top five, uh, I went to this booth called uh, for a company called Forescout, and what I thought was interesting about them, they, they're, they're doing something that I think a lot of people here are talking about, which is finding a way to uh, eliminate or to, to not have silo, not have siloed data that is inaccessible, but rather to have d- data that's seg- that's segmented and has the appropriate uh, security restrictions in place, but is all through. Is all handled through one platform, so that people are able to share to people share the information very quickly. So, the the corresponding departments have can act quickly. Uh, and I saw I you know I saw a, a press release that Sienna had uh, partnered with like Schweitzer Lab to create a big a big platform uh, for a large for a large utility. Um, and so I, I think that that's something that that's something that utilities are definitely. Uh, hungry for, and what I liked about Forescout was that they they had they had the product built themselves, so they were uh, they you, know, you need to you need to coordinate fewer actors. But I, I think that's uh, I think that's sort of the I don't want to say emer- emerging trend, but I think that's some, uh, a technology that's going to come into come into light a lot more. Uh, like I said, like I said last year, utilities are are more and more interested in interoperability as they're getting data from all sorts of sources. And now that they know how to sort that data, they need to figure out how to be able to share it quickly and efficiently. On that point, Dylan, do you feel... So I feel like last year we did see a lot of things around like predictive analytics and artificial intelligence, which I honestly haven't seen as much this year. It's almost as if the technolo- the vendors have taken a step back and they've realized, okay... Utilities are still figuring out how to actually sort and use this data and get it out of silos. It's almost like last year they kind of started to get ahead of themselves, but now they're kind of back to um, here's where this information traditionally has been living, and here is how you start to mix these data sets. Would you say that's accurate or? Yeah, um, it might be that it might be that like AI as a term is just losing its luster, so they're just rebrand they're rebranding the same analytics platforms in different ways that could be possible but I, I i think you're actually right that uh what that we're just we're seeing a bit we're seeing a bit less of a bit less of that predictive analytics because it's more about um i guess it's more about being able to do things in real time but i yeah i, I agree that there's been less, that there's been less of it and i would be curious to talk to utilities to figure out why they why they think that the next next thing on my list so we we met we met up with a company at the end of the day yesterday uh uh, Recurve, which is an analytics and consulting company, they were, they were fun. They were fun guys. Uh, but I want, what I want, what stuck with me was less their, te- less their technology. Which, uh, not to knock it, it, it looks, it looks good. Uh, but uh, I really liked what their CEO Mike said to us, which was that um, 
you look out here and everything everything's basically derms but they're not calling it derms and i'm wondering and I, i'm that i'm i've been curious about why that is i was talking with a with, with a company this morning that um was talking about so that was talking about uh managing so solar data and managing uh different solar resources on the grid and i said so it's a it's derms and he said no it's not and I thought, I mean, maybe, maybe it wasn't and I was thick, but it re- just really seems that, uh, like, like you said, managing, managing all the, all these assets, managing all this data, all, all this solar data too, that's becoming, that's coming to the fore, that's coming to the forefront, uh, as it, as the solar adoption increases, as DER adoption increases and the grid becomes more decentralized. And yet we're afraid Dylan, of that term. Dylan, I think it's interesting you mentioned that because I think maybe sort of similar to what Aaron was just saying about, uh, the vendors taking a step back from um, the data analytics. I remember two or three years ago at DTech, everybody was pushing their DERMS um, systems and platforms. So maybe it's something similar there where they're you know not wanting to use that buzzword or that term, but um, I think you're right, it is still essentially. Yeah, and um, to that point, there was DERMS, there was D-E-R-M-S, but there at the time there's also D-R-M-S, which was just it, specifically demand response management systems. But now you're seeing um, these solutions encompass all of those things, D-E-R management and demand response management. So maybe it is they're just trying to move away from a term that's been used too much. But so... Yeah, so it makes you really wonder how much is Distribute Tech about debuting new technology and more about debuting new branding for technology. <laughs> Not to be cynical. So the ne- the next thing uh, next thing on my list, uh, as is tradition for the third year running, I found an interesting bir- bird company that's keeping birds out of wires. <coughs> this time, instead of using instead of using sounds or using something threatening, they have got lasers, which is just so awesome. <laughs> They're Apparently, green lasers, which uh, birds are able to see the best, and they'll you know, they'll view it as some type of threat and fly away. Uh, the company also handles also handles squirrels and raccoons through various fencing, but that's off brand for me. So I look mostly at the at the bird lasers. So shout out to Transguard for their sci-fi bird lasers. The thing I saw on the floor that really stuck with me the most was uh, there was a company called. Uh, or called OATI. They do actually do. They do a lot of uh, distributed energy management um, platforms and that sort of thing. But they also have a an analytics platform for EV chargers, um, which allows real time data to be sent to the utility and also to customers that have a corresponding app. Uh, that'll give you. That'll tell you where char- where the where the chargers are, what the prices are per charger, and it allows for. It allows analytics to work with uh, demand response to work with demand response data that the utility has to do dynamic to do dynamic pricing to get people not to charge their vehicles during peak hours and, uh, and to you know let people know when the best times are. So it's it's a it's a tool that helps both the customers and the and the and the utility to kind of help so- help solve some of the uh, some of the load problems that bringing on a lot of EVs. Uh, happens and, and like you e- using EV charging pricing as a demand response option was something that's so obvious and yet I never thought of thought about that yes. and maybe, that, I mean, maybe that's a me thing but that's just such a such a 
mind blow there. No, that's a good point, Dylan. I didn't really think about it either. So we're seeing, yeah, load management through EV price signals, both in public infrastructure and at home charging, you know, telling people even when they're at home and they want to charge their vehicle to wait two hours so they're off peak and it's cheaper to charge. And hopefully that would drive EV adoption up because charging is cheaper and you under start to actually understand why it's cheaper too. That was something we saw in the Oracle demo was that um, they could start to send customers information about when it would actually be cheaper for them to charge their vehicles. Yeah, so yeah, having having your having your EV having your electric vehicle be a part of a managed response program. That's that that probably that probably is the, the fu- that probably is the future there. Um, What's interesting? My my question is, who really owns that data? Because most I don't think utilities not a lot of utilities own the public charging infrastructure. It's done through a third party, and so how is that? charging data being used and who owns it and who keeps it secure I'm wondering how that's going to play out over the next few years I I guess I'm not really sure how the third party chargers work like how where like I'm assuming they're connected to the grid they buy the power from the from the utility and then then they mark that up so I imagine if the because the utility still has to be involved in that in that pipeline somewhere so they might have. They might end up having to coordinate with the third, the third party charger. I'm not sure. I mean, should go back down there and ask them. Actually, uh, do you have any other honorable mentions before we move on? I would say. I mean, both Aaron and I were surprised, and it's not actually that surprising. But to see AWS has a booth here this year, they haven't had one in the past. Uh, but I know a lot of utilities do use AWS for cloud services, so it's interesting to see them have a physical presence at DTEC. That's true. I, 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 I also noted that, that for being, you know, a part of the biggest company on the planet, that they weren't, that they hadn't been present at, the, at these before, probably because, you know, they don't need to, they're speak for themselves yeah that was something i noted too also shout out to abb for doing a trivia game uh, <laughs> as a trivia head myself i really appreciated that if you need help writing trivia in the future i can I, i'm a consult i can consult with you give me a ring uh so shameless self-promo oh absolutely i'm not including that at all um, <laughs> what was something you were expecting to see but didn't something i was expecting to see and for, I don't know if I'm ever really, really hoping to see that much at DTEC, just because I come to DTEC to get an understanding of what people are doing to take more of a pulse on the industry. Right. I'm surprised that artificial intelligence and blockchain have taken um, kind of a backseat to other technologies this year. Um, I don't think that's discouraging by any means, though. I, I do think that... Um, there was a lot of hype last year, and the hype cycle has moved on, and we just haven't seen uh, many artificial, or at least those words used in branding and promotion. We did walk by one booth that had um, a transactive energy platform, and I can't, I can't remember 
but we did see one booth that had transactive energy platform and Erin looked at me and she's like isn't that just blockchain and I was like I think so um, but I mean I am surprised to, to not see as many people kind of pushing uh, those two those two quote-unquote buzzwords this year I haven't seen um, very many storage displays this year have you guys yeah. I think that's usually a pretty um, prominent technology I don't, I don't think I saw one I haven't seen any. I've seen I've seen quite a few batteries and grid scale batteries, but they not they're not being pushed as the independent battery now. They're being put out there as part of a whole solution, part of uh, distributed energy resource management solutions and how they tie into the grid and distribution grid overall. But we yeah we haven't seen as many just storage or yeah just batteries. I asked that question, but I'm not actually sure if I have, if I have one. Because the thing, a lot of the things I expected to, see, a lot of the things I expected to see, um, you know, interoper- interoperability, big focus on cybersecurity, um, and uh, trying to deal with data data siloing. Those were the those are the things that I was expecting to see. And those are the things those are the things that I saw. Uh, microgrids, microgrids are still uh, big, are still big. Um, a lot of a lot of te- a lot of telecom solutions here to keep uh, to keep workers. In the know, um, I guess uh, yeah. There's there, there, there's a lot. I guess I shouldn't say to sort of take the thing in another direction. There's a lot of mobile workforce stuff, like a lot more mobile workforce stuff. I think than there was last year, even. Uh, I think so. I, I think that if we're talking about taking a pulse, that might be one of the biggest issues that utilities are looking at it because of just based on the amount of presence it has at this convention. I agree, and I would attribute that to just better resource management within utilities and not like um, resources in terms of like generation resources but just resources within the organization employees and other budget money and um, utilities are really trying to figure out how to better use and allocate resources because it's not like they have a bunch of money and they're not going to have all these like increase they're not going to have increased budgets more money to spend on solving problems. They just need to figure out better ways to use the resources that they have. And that's what I would attribute the focus on mobile workforce management and empowering field workers because that's a, kind of a good place to start. The other thing the other thing I would say about that is you're starting to see a lot of utilities kind of brand themselves through their employees, having their employees tell the stories of their utilities because those are the people that are out in the communities and those are the people that interact with the customers. So if you empower your employees, then they're going to have, they're going to be more willing to speak positively about the utility and therefore the customer is going to, you know, maybe feel better because they're talking with a happy employee versus an upset employee. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and not just in the form of like being a public face for the company, but just in terms of you know when they go home and they talk to their friends about their job, and it's a lot different when they you know it's a lot different when they say that they're you know that their company is progressive and like looking out for them and looking out for their customers, and then people will people will respond better to that than worker who comes home angry and feels like they're like they're not taken care of because then you just then that helps people's confirmation biases about negative things they have to do deal with about their utility namely paying bills and whatnot so yeah i think i think you're absolutely right that having a 
a happy worker, having happy workers creates a very positive outlook uh, of the company. We talk a lot at Prime about changing culture and how a lot of the workforce is retiring and utilities are going to figure out how, need to figure out how to replace that workforce. And this is one way to do it. People are happy going into work and they get to have digital experiences at work and they're going to be more likely to, you know, like you said, Dylan, talk to their friends and family about their job and hopefully attract newer, younger generations to work at these utilities. We actually talked to a chief customer officer at a utility yesterday who talked about making a point of stopping if he sees a crew on the side of the road, stopping to say hello to them and just make sure that they feel that he is, you know, appreciates what they're doing. He's keeping in touch with them. He's not just this C-level guy at the top who's not thinking about his employees. So I thought that was really good to hear and it was very genuine. So it's well, we'll have to we'll have to see as it goes forward how uh, the mobile workforce expands. We might have to do a podcast on that uh, soon. Get someone get someone with decision making powers on to talk to us about what's going on there. Aaron A, thank you for being on uh, here in San Antonio to talk with us. Yeah, as always, um, happy to be a guest. So thank you for inviting me. We're happy to have you. And and Aaron, and Aaron H, appreciate you sitting down and cranking out a podcast with me. Thanks, Dylan. Another D-Tech in the books. Yep. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to reconvene at D-Tech 2021 in Florida. Somewhere. Oh, in San Diego. I'm being told off. I'm being told. Never been to San Diego. I hear they have good fish tacos. Um, but if you're looking for more events in the city of San Antonio, City of the Future is coming up at the end of this month, February 24th and 25th in San Antonio. You can find a full lineup and registration information at cityofthefuture.io. And as always, you can find our research and media at zprime.com. You can find us on social media at D.Y. Lockwood, at Aaron Otan, at Aaron Hardick, and at zprime underscore research. My name is Dylan, and we'll see you all next time.